Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the best iZombie podcast out there, iZombie Radio. I am one of your co-hosts, Blaze Hopkins, and as always, I am here with two fine gentlemen, my boys, Chris King and Sean Carpenter. How are you guys doing tonight, Sean? How is it going out on the West Coast? Um, I'm not burning up, so it's not actually that hot here. Uh, it's dry, but everything's good. Everything's good. good. I mean, minus these constantly being shocked when I leave my car. Fair enough. But all's well. And, uh, Chris, I know uh, Tuesdays are busy for you, but... How are you doing? Um, I'm doing all right. Uh, what's it called? Um, yeah, I'm good overall. Nothing really new to report. Had kind of a just a really like busy day and uh, some some train issues this morning, which were kind of annoying. Septa being septa. Uh, but uh, you know, it uh, overall not a bad day. You know, had a had a pretty good weekend. Overall, too, and uh, yeah, yeah, no, con- no complaints. Happy to be with you guys. Awesome to hear. And uh, I am doing well, also. Um, yeah, same old, same thing. Uh, in the same boat, nothing to report. So, but uh, with that, I mean, as always, we are here this week to dive into another episode of uh, season four of I Zombie, and uh, no new news to report on yet uh but as always i will say you know everybody who listens to the show and ever all fans out there um make sure you keep using the uh renew izombie hashtag just uh any and all support you know will hopefully keep the show alive um but otherwise I think we're going to dive right into it. There is uh, no time to waste, and I know I am pretty excited to talk about this episode. So, with that, we're going to dive into our episode discussion for uh, Season 4, Episode 7, titled, Don't Hate the Player, Hate the Brain. So, this episode, it uh, picks up with Liv uh, going on to some Bachelor Playboy brain, and... Uh, yeah, and on on both, I I guess a lot, a lot, once again, a lot happens in this episode, and for me, at least, I was very excited that the episode covered both the, it brought the comedy and the drama, I think it accomplished a lot, and, uh, where to begin, so, I guess let's kick it off with the brain itself, um, Sean, how did this brain rank for you? What did you think of the Bachelor Playboy? I mean, it was funny, but I honestly kind of didn't like the brain. Because it just, I don't know, it, it definitely was a very stereotypical wingman for hire kind of brain that you know we've like we've seen this sort of trope in i believe the movie actually is like 
it it has Kevin Hart and what's his face? I can't remember his the name. Wedi- the Wedding Ringer with Kevin Hart and Josh Gad? Yes. Kind of rings like that to me. Um, at least in terms of like him trying to be all like his hype man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was fine as a brain, and it it did have moments where it kind of overtook Liv, but Liv actually snapped back and was like, "Wait, sorry, sorry, that's." That's douche brain. Sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, I found it pretty funny. Um, I agree. I think at some points I was kind of just, I was like, hmm, this is, <laughs> this is pretty scumbag brain <laughs> to an extent. But oh yeah, definitely. Um, but I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more as seeing Liv on it, especially because just all of her negging attempts and everything. Um, I thought it was pretty funny throughout the episode, and also how it, just once again seeing the brain be so detrimental to the case at times, and just having Clive's all of Clive's moments of uh, just what what are you doing right now? But uh, Chris, what your what were your thoughts on this brain? Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess similar to you guys, it definitely had its funny moments. Uh, I. I... I loved her, like, kind of back and forth with Chase Gra- Chase Graves throughout the episode. Um, and that, you know, she ends up texting multiple people, including Kavanaugh in the middle of the night, like, down to duck. Uh, <laughs> who else Who else do you think was on that list? Well, we know Levon was on there, too. Levon. Uh, I hope Vampire Kav- Steve and the sketch guy. Yeah, Major, yeah. just for giggles. <laughs> Just for some feels. Johnny Frost. Uh, what was what was the boyfriend from last season? Maybe he'd be on there. Uh, Justin. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe Peyton. <laughs> all the shippers out there. Uh, no, I. Uh, no, it was good. I I thought it was fun. Um, you know, definitely again, like not my favorite brand of the season, but like I I enjoyed it for what it was, and I liked that it tied into. Clive's story, which I know we'll talk about uh, in a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then, oh, God, what was the, um, there was, like, a, there was a couple, I just, I also loved, like, her hat wearing mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing, especially the fedora. And then, uh, this didn't even have to do with the brain, but it happened when they were out, was her and Rob, the high, com- comedy highlight uh, uh, well, there was the other line too before we get to this, but when she's like, uh, when I think it's Robbie goes like his condoms were poison, and she goes, "Not a bad way, not a bad way to go." Who's with me? And like, just Rose's delivery of that was really funny. But the highlight of the whole episode, comedy rise for me, was the Frosty the Snowman conversation. Um, when Robbie's <laughs> mm-hmm. Robbie's like, "I was hoping for a Frosty the Snowman moment," and the instant we give him the hat, he'd come full of life. Swagger, be cackling with sexual magnetism, and just goes, "What kind of perverse version of Frosty did they show kids in England?" And I was, uh, oh god, I, I, I had to like pause the episode when I was watching it uh, later last night because I was, I was laughing so hard. 
Um, I didn't want to miss the line. But yeah, um, overall, like, fun brain. It's definitely, I think, the fact that it was so stereotypical and they didn't really do anything too different with it, aside from that, I thought was, aside from the scene with her and Levon, which I thought was interesting, when she, like, pretends it's not affecting her and it still is, Mm -hmm. I thought that was a kind of cool thing we don't see very often. Um, but aside from that, kind of like your typical fun brand of the week, uh, and I'm glad it tied into to Clive's story. Yeah, no, nah, absolutely. And, um, and I mean, that's a good transition because, and sort of why I wanted to get the brain talk out of the way at least, because they're, yeah, we start to get more into the romantic and drama, dramatic aspects of the show, and uh, sort of as we've been exploring these last couple weeks, Clive and Basio have been navigating this open relationship, and, oh man, I'd be lying if, uh, you know, if Clive's scene at the end of last week's episode didn't already hurt enough, last night felt like a, a dagger through my heart, boys. Yeah, one of those, like, one of those spiral daggers that like hurts as you pull it out. Yeah, it was like uh, it just was very painful. Yeah, yep. and so huge gut punch. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, Chris, do you want to take this one? I know you're obviously we're all big uh, Clive and Basio fans here, but I uh, I've been curious to hear what you thought about sort of how the events went between them last night. Well. What I what I appreciate is that the show didn't betray Bazio's character, mm-hmm. um, because it had us all convinced in a way that she was going around sleeping with other people, and that just didn't sit well with me. So I'm glad it's revealed in this episode that she didn't, and obviously that's the twist. That's the kind of gut punch, and I think both Malcolm Goodwin and uh, Jessica Harmon did just a terrific job in that scene. Um, and it really works because it catches both Clive and us as the audience off guard. Like we're just like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like, so we're we're there in the moment with him. Like, oh crap. Um, we like we kind of thought thought Dale was just going with it too. Uh, but I think it shows more importantly that like the issue here with them isn't even their open relationship. Yep. Exactly. And I think that's the thing. Like, they need to stop being putting on a good face for each other and just be honest. Because, you know, she tried to convince him to go out and do that. He didn't own up to his problems with it to her. And now looks what now looks eh, now look what's happened. You know, Clive ends up sleeping with a prostitute, and it just has caused even it's, more problems. It seems like it's just going to absolutely spiral from this point on too, because of how. I think what also upset me was, and again, this, like you said, this is, it's, it all comes down to their lack of communication, and just the fact that Basio's uh, instant reaction was clearly, you know, upset, hurt, angry, and jealous, and the fact that she just leaves things off with the, well, I guess we're really doing this then, as if, you know, not even, I, I don't even want to put it as if she feels she has to get back at him or get even. But, I mean, to an extent, that's what it felt like last night. Am I, is, did I read that wrong? Like, or am I being a little too harsh here? Like, I just, I just think she resigned herself to, like, the new normal. It's not so much like that she's like, oh, I'm gonna yeah. go out there and, that, and now, like, bang a dude. It's just, 
uh, you know, like, yeah, okay. but, you, but I guess at the same time, you know, in that moment, if Clive had been able to say anything else, he would have probably said it would knowing, I don't know, knowing the reality of things. And again, hearing finally her emotions in front and having those in front of him, I feel like, you know, he would, as much as it might hurt in the now, he would never, he's never going to do it again. And he's, and he would probably tell her that and commit to that. And, uh, so I, I don't know, I guess I just, this makes me nervous. I just am still worried that they're on a path to destruction. Do you, Sean, what are your thoughts? How do you think, uh, Clive and Bozzy are going to make it or is this, uh, this is looking pretty bad. Sadly, I can't answer this question with the word yes, because <laughs> <clears throat> if this relationship fails, it's done. It's not coming back. It's mm-hmm. bridges burned to the point of cinders. Like, there's nothing left. And I want this to work out so hard like so badly because they're pretty much the one couple that I care about the most on this show. Yeah. Peyton and Ravi are great and all, and they're great for each other, but like they got, they got their stuff figured out once a month. Ravi has to eat a brain, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever they'll, they'll deal with that, you know? And I do want to see them deal with that because it'd be funny now that they're, back together Um, yeah and that was and that was the um and i mean i i do have to admit at least for clive and bazio i do find it interesting and uh, i guess bold of izombie to navigate you know the conflicts and uh unique dynamic of two people trying to explore an open relationship because when does that really happen on TV? You know, I, at least I, in what I watch and have been able to keep up with, I've never really seen, or at least I can't remember any show doing something like that. So I do give them credit. Um, but I just, yeah, I do not want to see these two split up and it stinks. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. No, I was just going to say, I think the only way, I mean, one, they have to work on the communication first, but then the only way that it becomes feasible, we've talked about it before, is somehow Basio, by the end of the season, gets, you know, that cure, uh, you know, the cure that Blaine has, and then she becomes like Robbie, you know, she just gets the, the zombie, the zombie feels every once a month, you know, once a month. I, I think that's the only way, I mean, long term I can see it. I can kind of see it working, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, as of right now, it doesn't look good. And it, and it's interesting because we all thought Dale's face in last week's episode was like her feeling bad mm-hmm. that Clive hadn't, hadn't kind of gone out and experienced things the same way she did. But now it was more like, oh, no, she was more, like, nervous and upset that he was even trying to, like, date somebody. Mm-hmm. So, it's just, again, it's going to make me, if and when I go back and rewatch these episodes, it's going to reframe everything about Dale from these 
first like six or seven episodes in a whole new and put it in a whole new light, um, which I appreciate because like again, I think it it was true to her character that she wouldn't be out there sleeping around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, and I think that you know we'll see, and this uh. But this episode, I mean, it, it really sort of put things... It did a nice job of focusing on the relationships in the show and uh, and how those are developing. And so the the next thing I want to dive into is uh, is Major. Major and uh, uh, Chase Graves. And so there's there's been this shift in Major's character, I would say, that has been pretty severe. I mean, last episode... We we pointed out on here that he was kind of being the way he handled things and handled Ravi was pretty crappy as a friend and ever since it seems like ever since Major uh, got sort of ever since he's had that conflict with the rookies and he had to fix it and ended up getting put on the border and whatnot. Um, it seems like his job is really controlling his life, at least. That's what I'm thinking. But uh, at the same time, we're seeing this relationship and loyalty to Chase Graves uh, begin to build up. And it took an even larger step in this episode. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we're seeing Major go down a questionable road right now. How, you know, what are... Either of you, feel free to jump in. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that and sort of the shift we saw him take this episode? I feel like he's planning something because he he's using this to sort of weasel his way in, and he's not actively trying to be Chase Graves's get stuff done guy he's just doing what he's told so he doesn't get frozen or shot in the head or head smashed or anything like that he's kind of looking out for himself more than anything else but also trying to figure out how he can game the system from this is just me speculating on the gaming the system but he's definitely trying his best to keep his head down. Mm-hmm. And it's not really working out all that well because now he's literally Jace's right-hand man. He's almost failing upward. or like. But that might play better into, into this situation in the long run because it might give him the power he needs to actually force change mm-hmm. in New Seattle. Because I'm thinking he's still thinking pretty altruistically, trying to get, you know, everyone fed, so to speak. But at the same time, needing to play his cards right and kind of play brown noser to get where he needs to get. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think at least, I mean, I think obviously what they're from a non-emotional or caring perspective, 
clearly the show is utilizing Major and his placement in Fillmore Graves right now to, I think, give us an inside look at Chase Graves and his mentality, because whether you believe, you know, what Liv is doing, which we'll talk about down the road is right, or sort of Chase Graves' reasoning for uh, the opposite side of that, um, I think it does create an interesting conflict and is at least... You know, I will be very curious to see the eventual confrontation between her, uh, between Major and Liv because of this. So, I'll, I agree. I think that, I mean, at the end of the, we sort of discussed how the show had been planting the seeds at the beginning of the uh, season to sort of returning Major to his roots, having him work with these troubled teen, zombie teens and and, you know, I think there was a lot of hope there. At least I know I had a lot of hope that we would continue to see Major sort of reconnect with his uh, roots of season one. And I agree. I don't think, I mean, it's not by choice or necessarily that he's, you know, atten- like kind of fully buying into Fillmore Graves or anything. Um, I think that eventually they're setting him up for that a big kind of the biggest decision on the show um and but i don't know i find it interesting at least i think it's interesting to see the position they're putting him in and sort of some of the stuff we're having him do although i will admit admit that no matter where this storyline goes i appreciate that it gave us him gave us the ability to hear his line of or his response to being called the chaos killer again and his that's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> it was. It definitely was really great seeing bringing this character back, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because we we honestly thought she was never going to come back, and I didn't even think that they would bring what's her face back. I I don't even like care to remember her name I, at yeah, this point. Yeah, I don't remember her name, but for the girl that connected with Robbie. Um. Last season, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a nice, a nice way to reinvolve a minor character. Um, Chris, how do you feel though? I, I also want to get you involved in this, and uh... yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it seems like he's just like again that. I I don't know. I mean, I think it's a mix of things. I think he likes he still likes his position at Fillmore Graves, but I mean, Chase Graves gave him the job to get like close to this guy, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I can't remember the guy, character's name. Roach. Russ um, Roach. Thank you. Uh, and and so he's doing that because uh, you know because he's ordered to. And, but I think yeah, there might be some ulterior motive there, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um. But, I mean, even if there's not, even if he's just following orders, I'm okay with it because I still know that, like, the major that's shooting computers in the frickin' newspaper office isn't, you know, isn't our actual major. He's doing it because he has to fit in with what Roach is doing. Um, But, yeah, and, uh, again, if you want to talk about, um, I mean, obviously there's a lot that can be said about shutting down the press and everything with today's modern uh, again with iZombie connecting with today's actual politics nowadays 
So I thought that was really relevant. I don't know if I needed the, the fake news thing to kind of drive the point home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that was well done. And I like it because now, uh, with that last scene, again, no matter what major allegiances actually are, he's not only on a collision course with him and Liv, but now with him and Peyton as well. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you have Peyton seeing what Liv's up to in that final scene. and Yeah, exactly. Uh, and which, I think, which we can touch on. Yeah, and so that sort of brings us to the, I think, biggest advancement of the episode. And that's, you know, we're just continuing to see uh, Liv really move forward with this, uh, you know, taking over this position as Renegade and kind of making everything you know, make, I guess, continuing to provide this, uh, underground railroad system for zombies trying to get in. And, uh, and so throughout the episode, I mean, when her and Clive go to, what was it? The zombie like record, I forget what the building was actually called or the business, but you know, they go to the zombie records place and she essentially steals the, uh, ID creator or printer. And, Clive is sort of, he's, he's sniffing, Detective Clive, you know, he's sniffing around and uh, knows something's going on and clearly he's just, I think, going to, he's obviously going to stay ignorant about it and ignore it as long as possible, but he's starting to sniff around, they're setting up Major to kind of go on this collision course and then, uh, yeah, at the end, Peyton walks in and uh, she catches Liv. I will not lie. I honestly thought that she, that at the end there, uh, Peyton was possibly going to walk in on Levon and Liv together finally. Cause like, I thought maybe she'd be off the brain. Me too. Um, and again, that would, you know, it'd be the first interaction that, uh, Levon had with any of the other characters. Right. Or regular, right? I think he's interacted. Well, he's interacted with Robbie. Robbie, yeah. Okay, that's the one I thought I was gonna say. But, um, but yeah, sort of again, in my eyes, uh, legitimize him more as a love interest and character. But no, she walks in on her creating IDs, and uh, yeah, that's gonna be. I'm very excited to see the response, and uh, I guess what that what that conversation will be in the future because uh just with Peyton's job and being a part of uh the law and everything to an extent and uh everything she's dealing with yeah how does that how will she uh react to all of this clearly her you know her face wasn't too promising but i mean it's tough i mean technically Liv is doing something very illegal but how do you What'd you think of it? What'd you think of the confrontation and how, how do you think it's going to play out between them? Um, personally, I'm really excited for it because it brings Peyton into the main story more. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we see her working with Baracus, but now it'd be really interesting to see how, uh, this new development puts like a strain on their relationship and, uh, you know, some strain, obviously, on her and Liv's relationship. And I'm also curious if she's just going to be like, Liv, 
Like you, you literally live with the mayor's chief chief of staff. Like you can't be doing this crap under our roof. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wonder even if it gets to the point where she's like, "Go ahead and do what you're gonna do, but not under." Don't jeopardize not in this me, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'll be curious about that again. Just the fact that Peyton's kind of getting brought in to the main fold is is I think a smart move uh, by the show. One I'm really excited to see. Um, especially because, like, we have, and I don't want to get off the reveal at the end there, but we also have earlier Liv meeting um, Angus for the yeah, first was, time, Yeah, I was going to bring that up next. Yeah, so it seems like all the, you know, this kind of, the, the disparate threads are kind of coming together. Um, uh, and, and it's like, it's Fillmore Graves against uh, Angus's congregation, uh Fillmore Graves and the government against, like, Liv their people, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, again, this kind of almost like three, three, you know, three-way, almost four-way kind of battle. Especially because, um, especially because it is, like, specifically dialing in on Fillmore Graves and the zombie police being against their, not, or not for their people necessarily because yeah. um, you as you see like you know it's not like the seattle pd is getting involved or care you know has it's not their pro- they don't find it to be their problem it seems they haven't incorporated them so no yeah the 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 seattle police department pretty much they they pretty much have no control over seattle anymore it's all it's all similar graves are on it appears like anyway but uh yeah. So no, I, anyway, I, I'm really, I'm really curious to see. I, I love this development for Liv. Um, I, I like the fact again that she's being so proactive. Last week, saw her leading the mission. This week, she's risking everything to steal IDs. I like that Clive knows kind of what's going on without knowing what's going on. Um, you know, because when he even says he's like, he's like, do I? He's like, do I want to know what you're up to? And she's like, I think it'd be best if you didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why too that I kind of buy that romance potentially between her and Levon. Like, I don't think he's the most interesting character right now. He's, he's kind of boring, although not as boring as Peyton's suddenly non-existent boyfriend. Um, because whatever happened to that dude real quick, whatever happened to that dude from the first episode, she's with Robbie, but we never hear about him. Uh, he's <laughs> probably still eating that flounder. Yep. There you go. There you go. But, uh, yeah. but, but I, so yeah, but I, I don't think he's the most interesting character. But it makes sense why he would be attracted to Liv and why she would be attracted to him because of this shared common goal that they have. I still, like that I still like don't. I still don't fully trust him yet. No, me either. Man. I still but think. I'll... I still think even just the name of Levon Patch is like so. It feels so uncharacteristic compared to the other character names that we've gotten, just in general. That's... That's fair. I mean, I, I, I get that. So we'll see. No, I, I get that. I, I, I'm not sure if they'll do the, the he's a bad guy thing or not. But I mean, and I think it was just kind of it was a it was a matter of time until he and Liv hooked up because you know, hot zombie plus hot zombie <laughs> equals, you know, zomb- zombies. As as Liv said last night, she she could get so much D in that club. And you know what? If Livmore wants the D, guys, she's going to get the D. Oh, yeah. Hot so, zombie plus hot zombie equals zombie copulation. Equals zombie boning. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, good lord. She's she's, she's uh, gonna get she's gonna get some ZD, and I think we all know what that stands for. Uh, anyway. Oh, but, good lord. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Here we I, go I, again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think um, I think where this storyline is going. What I love so much about Liv now being the leader is her taking on all this risk and her, you know, the amount of people she knows. It's only going to further complement things and complement things, complicate things, excuse me. Uh, and that's always a good thing when this show, this show does complicated very well. You know, it even when it juggles too much sometimes when all the crap hitting the fan is usually when iZombie is at its best. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, would you, I mean, how'd you feel though about the, um, the Peyton and Liv, uh, confrontation at the end? What do you think is going to come of that? A lot of yelling and a lot of screaming (laughs) at each other. Um, honestly, that, that, that's pretty much my answer, but (laughs) it's gonna make, Things real awkward real quickly for our like just in total our five core people in the show um because Ravi's going to somehow know and like find out through Peyton and then Ravi's gonna accidentally say something to Major and Clive kind of already knows, but doesn't want to say anything, so he's going to try to stay out of it. He's like, I know you're up to no good, but I ain't going to say anything because I got no proof. Well, the other thing I'm wondering, and I'd be curious to see what you guys think. Like, yeah, Peyton's working for Baracus, but, like, she's also seen, like, these issues with zombies on more personal Mm -hmm. level, like, what's been happening... And then that's the one thing too. It's like, is is she gonna get ticked at her, ticked off at Liv because, and maybe in her mind she's taking away zombie tubes from people. You know, she knows she might know there's a food shortage and everything. So now, okay, you're creating more zombies. You're creating more of a problem. You're the type who doesn't let. You know, you're 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 the person who's leading, who's kind of building upon this, like, there's not enough food to feed the zombies, which is what caused that whole dust plus accident. Or is or is Peyton going to see, oh, no, okay, Liv's helping zombies in a way that I can't through my legal means. I, mm-hmm. I mean, my gut tells me she's going to be pissed, but, like, I, I'll be really curious to see if there's a different reaction, similar to, like, what we've seen with Bazio, if maybe it goes, if the show goes a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I think pretty much the last uh, major thing, or at least tying to major stories, was, Chris, what you brought up. And uh, I guess, interestingly enough, we see Angus and his church getting more involved with things, once again, by uh, Liv and Levon exploring that as a way to get uh, brain supply. And uh, pretty interesting, because... Obviously, you know, her finding out that he's Blaine's father, uh, but also I think them discovering a little more, at least, the means that they get the brains by, um, 
so yeah, I'll be very interested to see what comes of that as well. And I'm I'm curious. I think what I got the most out of that was uh, the fact that Angus drops the he basically drops the line to her about how they have the free uh, what is it weekly meal now at uh, at Blaine's restaurant and yep, free free lunches once a week at Romero. Yeah, and so I wonder if now. Knowing that, I, I wonder if Liv is going to try and take advantage of that that deal, or even go to Blaine and uh, utilize him. I think that would be the most interesting, um, just because you know, as Liv, uh, we're seeing her obviously not individually or in negatively negative ways uh, turn into a criminal. Will she try to go and now needing to do things on a criminal and secretive level? Uh, will she go try to utilize Blaine and see if they can work out a deal? How do you think? Uh, how do you think this is going to come into play, though, in the upcoming weeks, Sean? Oh man, it's not going to go well. It's Blaine we're talking about. He was reluctant to even. <sighs> give his dad and his followers the free meal. Mm-hmm. So, unless she somehow scratches his back, he ain't gonna scratch her back. Yeah, and that's what I'm curious about. You know, what... We're, Liv is stepping into a major role, and she seems to be very passionate about it already, so what will she be willing to do? I mean, also, Blaine is a man of money, and... We know that Mama Leone was, um, you know, paying a bunch of people off. So, will we see her go that down that road? Potentially. How about you, Chris? What do you think? The only reason I think she doesn't turn to Blaine is like, think about earlier in the season when, uh, uh, God, was it in Brain? Was it? The Brainless in Seattle episode, I forget which episode it was, where she had the, the vision of Blaine killing the guy, mm-hmm. but, you know, she couldn't, um, she couldn't, uh, she couldn't, uh, what's it called, take him down, because Fillmore Graves essentially had his back. So I don't think she'll go to Blaine only because of this Fillmore Graves Association now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would draw too much attention to her when she's trying to stay out of Fillmore Graves' radar. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think at the end of the day, Liv as a character, wouldn't she doesn't forget anything that Blaine has done. So Yeah, yeah I think just it just goes again. It just might go against live trying to blend in more i mean even with we see her confirming conforming to like the tanning and dying thing mm-hmm. uh look this episode and, and among other things um but yeah we'll, we'll we'll see i mean again nothing's impossible i mean i definitely think next time she runs into blaine she's going to mention like hey your dad is you know and i'm excited yeah. to see that but uh, I don't know if she'd reach out to him to help her because when the hell has he ever done that? Mm-hmm. 
And how do you feel, what do you think about, um, just the, I guess, what do you think it's just about her going to the church? What do you think is going to come out of that road? Well, you, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. Is this, like, her only real, like, way of getting brains now, it seems like, is through him? Is through Angus? Like, it didn't seem like they're... Well, until, well, now that she's going to have the ID cards, I guess they'll be able to get them that way. But, yeah, true. Um, I think even in that scene, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, um, doesn't, doesn't, isn't there, like, some type of mention about, like, them cracking open skulls and, like, feeding on the brains of the living and stuff? So, like, I think Liv kind of knows that something's, like, it's a zombie supremacist church, essentially. Yeah. She's already kind of get, getting a whiff of that. So I can't see her wanting to associate with Angus. Mm-hmm. And especially to the fact that Angus, again, is Blaine's father. I think any type of connection to Blaine is going to make Liv She go. knows it's bad news. Yeah, exactly. Like, can we, can we do this another way? And honestly, that might, even though it's not explicitly stated in the episode... That might have been even a greater motivation for why she was willing to risk everything she was to uh, to forge the zombie IDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Maybe she's like, I don't want to have to rely on another whack job to get my brains. You know, these people need to be able to live their lives, and I can I can kind of uh, I can I can take the risk. Um, but yeah, but I, guys, I think we're all forgetting the most important part of this episode, which is that Clive was on Tinder and he hates This Is Us because it's too emotionally manipulative. So I'm just saying, <laughs> we really we really buried the lead here. We're how many minutes in? I don't even know how many minutes into this podcast. And I mean, I wanted to take at least a half hour to dissect that. That's it. That's a whole lot of things. For a game of, he's a Game of Thrones fanatic, but a This Is Us hater. Bye, Babino, everybody. He also doesn't like warm weather, which is why he lives in Seattle. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. That, yeah. That, fo- that photo of him from graduation, though, was fantastic. Yeah, that was great, and I also just love when Peyton walks in and is like, are you on Tinder? And just seeing Ravi spring up from his desk and his yes. face stops everything he's yeah. doing. Yeah. Wait, Ravi... live on Tinder? Yep. Yeah, Ravi being excited about Clive's dating life will never will never not be, like, it will never get old for me. It just, yeah. like, whether he has to have, like, a zombie sex talk with him or trying to, like, take him out talk to women which of course goes terribly especially when clive's like describing a grisly crime scene uh, drunk as all hell yeah yeah <laughs> i uh and also how do we think clive knew that prostitute from his time on vice i'm assuming especially that's what i found that's out. what i would guess especially because she knew he was a detective yeah. That you know, like that's how she just greeted him. I was trying to think if we had ever met her before, but I didn't recognize her. So Yeah, I didn't either. Um especially because like, you know, with uh 
Oh god, I feel like a terrible eye zombie fan. Who is who was the awesome character that Major was gonna run away with at the end of last season? Uh, I uh, she, 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 she yeah, she was a zombie prostitute. But we've like we've seen that side of of the of kind of the show before, but I, I just never remember running into uh, running into that that uh, the specific uh, the specific girl that Clive uh, was with in last night's episode. But uh, but yeah, no, I just I wanted to bring up the the whole Tinder scene because I that was again one of those like really fun moments, uh, and I just I just love how much we learn about Clive's. TV taste too, just selfishly. I think that's great. <laughs> I, I want a whole episode just telling me about like what Clive thinks of every other show. Honestly, if if, if Clive could give me his thoughts on CW shows, I'd be I'd be interested in that. What he thinks of the rest of the CW shows, but uh, well, maybe we'll have to wait uh, wait till season five for that. Yeah, and then um, otherwise, a couple small things I wanted to touch on where uh, we sort of already brought this up but yeah so Ravi and Peyton are uh I guess fully together again they just uh which I'm happy about I don't even care because to me the fact that they don't even that they're just jumping right you know which obviously after last week I'd hope so or at least I think that you know it's (laughs) I don't think there's anything more Ravi could do but uh if that didn't wasn't enough to automatically get him back with Peyton but uh I feel like them jumping over any explanation or kind of slowly going, you know, kind of trying to flesh out them getting back together, uh, to me, hopefully proves that they're saying, that's them saying, yeah, you know, Robbie and Peyton are back. This is it. We're not going to waste any time, you know, having them in a relationship on screen. So I don't know. I was pumped about that. I don't know if either of you have any additional thoughts. It made me happy and yeah. lessened the and lessened the blow of the that's, Bazio. Yeah, Clive. that's that's what I was gonna say. Especially if they are sending Bazio and Clive to a crushing separation. At least, yeah, it it you know softens the blow. Sean, anything to add? thinking about it um no i'm just in a lot of emotional pain (laughs) um and then it's like an episode of this is us but without (laughs) without a crock pot exploding and then Uh, i thought uh i thought it was interesting i don't watch this is us so i have no concept Uh, for it totally Totally fine. Crockpot talk does not get me upset, no matter how much I enjoy that show. <laughs> All right. Some people, it's like you shouldn't talk about that moment. Ah. No, like, a, a spoiler alert for people who haven't watched this is a spoiler alert. But yeah, Jack, Jack's death was like the least important part of that show to me. So, um, but yeah, Hot take. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, add Chris. Not, don't add yeah. Chris. It's uh yeah that that that, uh, that take that take couldn't be hotter unless it was cooked in a crockpot. Oh um, snap! Yeah, and on that note, I think I'm just gonna be quiet the rest of the episode because I don't think I can beat that. So. <laughs> well, and then uh, 
not really anything we need to discuss, but uh, no Blaine this episode, right? So, I thought that was a little... Correct. Just, you know, always interesting when one of the original characters is... Uh... <laughs> Although, we did get Donnie and uh, Alright, so that was, like... that was the final thing oh, I was going to bring in. That was, so, yes. Donnie... So... I did not know if they could outdo Mind Brain, but holy crap, watching Donnie charge down a bar top with a samurai sword and chopping Dino's head off is probably, I do not think they can top this now. Because that was amazing. Um, and I find it, it was... interesting to know that severed heads uh, essentially stay alive. That's what I was surprised by. And are fully functioning, and throw all logic out the window. I mean, Pretty if they could much. stay alive in The Walking Dead, might as well an I zombie. Yeah, I mean, just it was—it's probably the furthest supernatural that this show has gone. In terms of keeping the idea of zombies and so grounded, but I don't really care because it was such a minor—you know—it was such a—I don't. It was obviously intended to be such a minor interaction and plot point, <laughs> more for comedic aspect, but found it interesting. Definitely. I consider yeah, the show that... to be pretty calculated with its uh, decision-making on things like that. Yeah, it was It was fun. It was fun. It was like, it's definitely like a goofy, a goofy way to kind of follow up the whole Angus um, the whole Angus thing from last week you know with them finding out obviously that he was alive and mm-hmm. Blaine even says like get get Dino you know um, and uh, yeah but uh, yeah but definitely definitely goofy and uh, you know I was, I was good with it anymore Donnie can do whatever ridiculous crap he wants to do, and I'll I'll watch it. For he was used to be a character. Oh, I did like that we got a chief shout out too. I miss that chief. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he was like, I had a partner once, and he and he was uh, what's it called? He was mute. Miss you, chief. I was like, ah, oh, that's great. That's especially for people who've been watching the show mm-hmm. since since the since the beginning. That was good. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to touch on? No, uh, I think I'm good. I will say overall, and I, I'd just be curious for the last thing in general about this week. I thought this was pretty like a. I described it in my review as like a table setting episode. That was kind of like n- not necessarily filler, but this felt like an episode that was a lot of setup for what we're gonna get in the back half of the season. Did you guys agree with that or? Yeah, I mean it's it's starting mm-hmm. to you know flush the. Uh flush everything together and really push like I said there's we're really getting these two sides uh, of the zombie conflict and it's starting to just uh, fully you know push us towards that conflict and all these uh, different confrontations between the characters yeah no definitely it was just a solid episode overall I just again I just felt like it was a lot of like Okay, now Major, you're going to see Major start this operation. And, oh, now Liv's doing this new operation. Oh, 
And that, like the the only thing I felt like had really like a big huge development was the Clive and Basio. Um, yeah. Like, but even but even still, that's like. But we're still kind of in standstill with them, and that sucks. I, I don't know. I just got. I guess I just wanted wanted a little more forward movement with certain things. But um, yeah, I, I just wanted to see what you guys thought if you agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't really have much else for that. Well, uh, with that, then I guess we'll. Uh... We'll pretty much wrap things up and go into plugs. So I am going to kick it to Sean. What? What's new, man? What's going on? Um, still torturing myself by watching the original Power Rangers episodes. <laughs> I'm now about 48 episodes through of about 870 some odd episodes. Um. At the time of recording. By the time this episode goes up, I'm going to say I'm somewhere in season two. Um, so you can find all those ramblings on Twitter at SnarkySean. There you'll find a whole slew of other things I do, like my psych podcast, which should release an episode tonight, because it is Tuesday the 17th. Um, at the time of recording. Our episode on Tuesday the 17th should be up. Um, and then I've got my Power Rangers podcast that Blaze is not on yet, but should be on so we can discuss comics yeah. or Comic Convo and discuss comics. Um, and that's the Geekishly Toku podcast. We should have an episode coming out sometime after the Hyperforce finale, um, which I need to talk to you about. Um and the Marvel Report, where at the moment I'm currently just editing people's articles, so I'm not really doing much writing, <laughs> but I'm doing a lot of editing. So go check those out, you know? Awesome. And Ooh, 26 just dropped. Nice. Yay. And Chris, what about you? Yeah, you guys can find me, as always, um, on Twitter at CKinger13. Uh, be on the lookout for all my reviews of iZombie, New Girl, Supergirl, Riverdale, and Arrow. And uh, also, I want to just uh, promote the, uh, I think I talked about last week, uh, the kind of retrospective I got to write about Captain America, the first Avenger, is up on the overthinkersmedia.com. Um, there's a link to it on my Twitter as well. I uh, had a blast writing about that. It's honestly one of the, my favorite things I've written so far, and or written so far, written in a while. And uh, so yeah, if you're rewatching any of the MCU movies ahead of Infinity War next week, uh, you know, give it a read and find out why Captain America: The First Avenger is one of the very best MCU films there is. Woohoo! And as always, you can find me at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. Um... Yeah, it's still busy. Not a lot going on in there, but I am going to knock out all of the MCU movies leading up to next week, so probably just post, you know, a nice roundup tweet of each movie after I'm done with it. And uh, otherwise, you know, TV over my reviews. And we also have, uh, as Sean mentioned, hopefully Comic Convo coming back uh, sometime soon. I should have some free time coming up. Even if it is just talking about Power Rangers Volume 1. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. I'm down. I need to reread it anyways. Okay. So. And uh, you can find this show at iZombie Radio on Twitter, um, iZombie Radio on Facebook. Check us out on iTunes. Uh, ratings and reviews are huge for us. You know, please toss one of those out there if you have a couple of minutes. It would uh, mean a lot and just uh, you know goes a long way to know that we have people listening. So. Check us out on iTunes, and uh, let's see, we're on Stitcher, we're on TuneIn, um, we're on... A bunch of other places that I can't remember yeah, off the top of my head. Whatever, Probably whatever your favorite podcast listening app is, we're hopefully on there. Um, so check us out, interact with us, contact us on Twitter, you know, let us know what your thoughts are on these episodes. We'll feature them, and we'll talk about, you know, we'll read them out on the following week's episode, and, uh, yeah, you know, try to interact with you. So feel free to contact any one of us, and uh, keep on watching, and uh, obviously we are part of the DCTV Podcast Network, so check out all of the other great shows in there. But that will do things for this week, and uh, keep on listening, keep on watching. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.